Shall we begin? Hello, everybody. Welcome to Claiming Zero, the podcast for the child-free community with myself, Dallas, and Vanessa. Hello and good afternoon, I guess. Yes. Good after- <laughs> Well, good morning for me. Good afternoon yeah. for you. Oh, I'm in Las Vegas. If you're newer to the podcast, I am in Las Vegas, Dallas, everyone where you are. I am in South Carolina. So we are three hours apart and yeah. a month <laughs> ahead of time, basically. <laughs> Yeah, we're definitely like way, way back from when you're going to be hearing this, but oh, yeah. we like to stay on top of things. We like to make sure we have the content because we know people look forward to it really. Yeah. And um, we enjoy consistency. So with Plus summer- it's summertime, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're both taking vacation and out of town trips quite a bit this summer. <laughs> yes, this is. So when you are listening to this, we're recording it before my big family vacation to Hawaii, but you will be listening to it after my big family vacation for Hawaii. So if yeah. you follow us on social media, you might see some things that reflect differently from what you're hearing now. Just oh, yeah. be aware. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what's happening. But um, I know we do we do have a lot to share with this topic and we're going to mm-hmm. start it with a little trigger warning. Um, for those of you that have things like tokophobia, and if you don't know what that is, look it up. Um, but it makes sense for a lot of child-free people. The thought of being pregnant and giving birth is a legitimate fear, just mm-hmm. like arachnophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to be talking about some physical things. Um, yeah. I've got some like mental things that I'm going to talk about. So just to give you that warning on the front end, if you get grossed out easily, Vanessa has a lot of sisters who've given birth. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And th- I, just to, not that we need to justify anything because not every episode's for every person, but this right, came right. from a place of, we, we, we see that a lot of our episodes that have the reasons to be child-free, they do better. And I, mm-hmm. wh- whatever that reason is, we don't care. We just like that. It's speaking to somebody. Um, yeah. And like you just said, Dallas, there's a lot of people who have a fear of, mm-hmm. of the physical things, but also something I was realizing going through this. So basically what I did, how we split it, you did like the research side of things. And mm-hmm. I also did research, but in a very <laughs> interesting way. Yeah. Uh, I basically interviewed all of the women in my family who've had children yep. and literally got the graphic details of what happens. Um, but I think this is going to be great for fence sitters. If you are Mm. someone who is like, I'm not quite sure. And if you don't have the blessing of having a hundred humans in your family (laughs) who have done it, I'm here to help you answer all the questions. (laughs) Yeah. Cause let's face it. We've seen the movies and it's like, oh, I guess that doesn't look so bad. I mean, she's kind of like yelling a lot, but it happens so quickly. Like that's yeah. bullshit. <laughs> That's not accurate at all. And <laughs> I, when we get to that, my sisters were very honest and just a shout out to them. And not that yeah. anyone would, cause we have such a great community. I think that we've created here on the podcast, but just want to respect them. And yes, they're moms, but they were very open and honest. And honestly, I told them exactly what this was for. And they were mm-hmm. totally for that. They were like, we want every person and every woman to be in the full know of what they're getting into 
So I just want to give them the shout out of thank you for literally bearing it all. Yeah. Um, I will be removing their names though, because there's so okay. many. So you'll just yeah. have to go sister, sister, sister. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really personal too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're like, are you putting up like any specifics? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put your address and <laughs> no. Any photos you might have? Oof. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, so one of the things that I actually found really interesting and there's, there's a okay amount of research, but definitely not enough. And a lot of the papers and articles that I read even touch on that. They're kind of like, well, we have all the research in mice, but not so mm-hmm. much in human beings is really the change in a person's brain. Okay. When they're pregnant and then postpartum as well. Okay. And one thing I found really interesting is that there are definitely significant changes in your brain. And to me, I'm like, well, yeah, duh. But you kind of don't think about it like, oh, mom brain, you forget everything. And all of a sudden you become this like totally different person, but it is literally something you can't help. It's the way that your brain changes. Some say that like gray matter in your brain disintegrates. Some say you get more, but the only other time in your life when this happens is when you go through puberty. Oh, okay. So basically your body, especially for, for people with uterus, your body changes at puberty to prepare you to be able to have children. It's just, it's why all that happens. Yeah. And then again, when you get pregnant, it happens again, because you're now literally doing the thing that your pubescent body <laughs> right supposed to do I guess or not supposed to do I don't know um so I think that one thing that kind of scares me and again I'm I'm child-free by choice so it's not a question of will I won't I but just to add to it is basically like you hear about how women or mothers I should say do these really horrible things or go through these really horrible experiences postpartum And that's why they call it postpartum depression because Mm -hmm. your brain has literally changed. Yeah. And you can't really control that. Right. And there's not enough research, I feel like, to be able to be like, hey, let's come up with a medication to help people to recover better or to cope better. Absolutely. And something that I'll also talk about, but it stands true to both. Um, cause I'm lo- focused more on the physical side of things. Right. Yeah. Um, you don't have the time. That's the biggest thing. Like you, mm-hmm. it's not that you forget, but there is this tiny human mm-hmm. that is fully like relying on you. So mm-hmm. even if it was like, cause I don't know if there's anyone out there who's like, well, if it was me, like I'd set up therapy or I'd make sure I had a vacate, like you don't there's not (laughs) yeah well and part of the thing is they say oh the 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 phrase like mom brain or baby brain it's not that you forget things it's that you are so hyper focused on this new human being and you have to change the way you're doing things you Mm -hmm. you don't forget to put your baby down for a nap or when cries pick it up but you may forget what you are supposed to get at the grocery store because that's not where your focus is anymore right and so I think we've, we've talked a lot and heard a lot of people about a reason that they don't want kids is because they already have mental health issues right. that they're trying to deal with. So you change the way that your brain physically is, which then 
changes the way that your mood is and that you breathe the way that you react to things completely changes and that you have no idea how you'll react so if you go into a pregnancy knowing that there's already some thing different with your brain causing you to to feel a certain way who knows how that's going to affect you and change absolutely and that's something that I'm glad we're we're talking about it and I think this is something that even if you're not a fully child-free person, again, if you're a fence mm-hmm. sitter, even if you're someone who wants to have children but hasn't done it, it's information mm-hmm. that doesn't get put out often enough unless you go searching for it. One interesting thing is that the men in these um, partnerships and that have been have this research are not affected by it at all. Nothing changes whatsoever. Oh, so like they men, use, you mean like the mental effects? Yeah. Like, like literally looking at their brains, nothing changes in their brains. <sighs> so not only is there that like physical of like, you're the person who grew a human being in you yeah, and then birthed it out. Yeah. Like the, the dude on the other end does not, nothing changes. That, and that's so wild. And mm-hmm. not that we're over here trying to solve like world peace, but that probably <laughs> explains so much as regards yeah. to why when people from outside looking in are like, how could he just leave? Or how could he yeah. not be involved? Like, that's probably why single moms are astronomically higher than single dads. And because there is yeah. that mental um, change that they don't yeah. go through. And your right? brain literally, I mean, they even did studies where they showed a mom, her own child and, and reactions to things and then someone else's child. And it's different. <gasps> so it's not just like, oh, you're a mom now and you care for all the children. It's like you, your brain has connected to this other little human being that you've created. And like the smell and the sight of a mom is like heightened. So when they talk about all oh, the way the baby smells, like, oh, I just need to smell them. Or like, those are so heightened in your brain now, the way that the chemicals have changed in there, that most women have that instant bond with their baby. Now, there are definitely some that don't, which right. to me says, well, that's immediately a brain thing. That yeah. has nothing to do with you being a horrible person who uh, doesn't no. love their baby. No. It's that your brain hasn't made that connection like most moms would do. Well, and for our purposes here take it a step further some people's women specifically right as we're talking about they just don't have that desire instinct natural mental like thing and that's what we're trying to focus in today is we're taking as hard as it is like we're taking the emotional side out of it and going physically Mm -hmm. some of us just don't have that and that is okay and that's why it's probably best for me as that person to not have a human okay are you ready for some physical I don't knowledge? know man I know yes <laughs> I'm gonna keep it as pg as I can you all I I do not want to trigger anybody okay so just to give a little preface if again if you're newer to the podcast or yeah I, I don't expect anyone to keep track of my family like that <laughs> but when we were talking about this it's not like I've got like one sister who's pregnant one time um between my mom my sisters and my nieces there's been 17 pregnancies in my family <laughs> the last 40 some years. So they're not experts. And I just want a disclaimer that obviously every single pregnancy is individual and different Mm -hmm. and every body is different, but I think we can overall from those 17 say that there's some (laughs) standing physical things that happen. 
Okay. So some technical things. So a full pregnancy is technically 40 weeks, which is a freaking large amount of time. Let's mm-hmm. just start there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, your first trimester is the first to 12 weeks. You usually find out around week four. Uh, that's usually at the point where you've missed your cycle and you start feeling some sort of um, symptoms. Mm-hmm. From what I could gather, those first symptoms are similar to what it would feel like to have a cycle. So it's kind of hard to differentiate. So you have some breast tenderness, you're really tired, uh, some cramping, bloating, things like that. Um, Once you find out that you're pregnant, they were all very similar in like the first trimester thing. So they said, Mm -hmm. your tiredness is like astronomically high. When I Mm -hmm. asked them, did you all get good night's rest or like beyond? I got eight to 10, 12 hours rest sometimes, still super tired, falling asleep while driving. I just felt like I needed, and it makes sense because you're growing Mm -hmm. something, right? Yeah. The chemicals inside of your body are changing very quickly. Yeah. So just me thinking physically as a person, like I have things to do, like I can't sleep all day. (laughs) So that'd be nice. (laughs) I was like, Oh, so you took a vacation and keep in mind all, no one's married a millionaire. All of my sister's nieces and mom worked through all of their pregnancies. Mm -hmm. So you're really tired. You start your prenatals. They don't really have any side effects, prenatal vitamins. They don't do anything to you other than they said they can sometimes make you nauseated, but not really. You just take them as throughout your pregnancy. Okay. This is when you have to potentially change your diet. They made that very clear uh, that there are a list of things that you're supposed to and not supposed to eat. Yeah. But in true mom fashion, they're like, we're not going to speak to those things because every mom's different. But that's yeah, when- I yeah. remember my sister adamantly like not eating anything from the bad list. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't like that already restricting what I can eat. Right. And they were very, they were like, it's a taboo topic in <laughs> mom land. I'm like, whatever. Okay, <laughs> oh, yeah. But right. you know, just the added <laughs> physical part of yeah. having to mentally change something. So I was telling them, like, I, I know that caffeine's one of those things, right? Sure. I'm an avid caffeine person. I drink four coffee coffees a day. Oh my gosh. I know <laughs> to cut back on that. I I've have cut back on that for my own health. Right. Yeah. And it gives you headaches and I'm a little mm-hmm. more cranky and to add that on top of everything else happening in my body would probably be really difficult. You know, mm-hmm. obviously we hear about morning sickness and, and nausea. Um, this is different for every, every person. I had one sister who was literally nauseous the entire duration of her pregnancy. Okay. Having just been nauseous last night, I told Vanessa yeah. about this earlier. I won't go into detail, but like all night last night being nauseous. I was like, this is horrible. I cannot mm-hmm. imagine for 40 weeks. Yeah, she was. And it was, she oh, had no. three, which no! is, all my sisters have had three <laughs> children. So you won't know who's who. Uh, she had three children and um, she was nauseous the entire, to the point where they had to finally IV her because she couldn't keep anything down. She would oh eat gosh. like saltine crackers and yeah. Oh, no. I know. So that's a tough one. And then on top mm. of it, think again, like, okay, nauseous. I could lay in bed all day. No, you've got to work. You've got to yeah. go. And let's just take the fact that let's just imagine that you're a person who wants to have two children. You still yeah. have another human to take care of. Okay. Yeah. Oh God. I know. Right. Okay. Then this is when the cravings also set in, which are just more than anything fun. 
I was going to say, that's the fun part for me. Like pickles with peanut butter on them. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So that's the first trimester. So all of them distinct, like collectively were like, it's the worst. Mm. If you have a good, healthy pregnancy and your nausea ends up taking a turn to the better, this is the worst part, at least in that regard. Second trimester is your 13 to 26 week timeframe. This is when like you start seeing things physically happening. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you start feeling the kicks, which is more than less. They just said weird, not painful. Um, this is when, if you're someone like me, people start to touch you. They start to be like, Oh, it's so, can I, that's Mm. a big deal breaker for me. Like, I don't want anybody touching me. And they're like, it just happens. Right. People just feel like they're allowed to just go for it. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would um, slap a bitch. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, this is when your nausea should stop. They're like, it kind of becomes more normal. You feel more uh, like a normal mm-hmm. person. Uh, you have to start sleeping on your side. So there's all this controversy of you shouldn't sleep on your stomach, et cetera, et cetera. But again, that's yeah. like a personal choice. But this is when they're like, you cannot sleep on your back because your legs will fall asleep. To which I laughed because that happens to me now. <laughs> It does. And I remember you sleep going, on your back. I do. Oh, I cannot. I it's sleep. The, I'm a side and stomach sleeper for sure. All of them were like the second trimester is kind of the best trimester. That's why you see the baby showers and everything else going on. Cause people okay. are in a good mood. You're still in your prenatals this. Okay. I don't know about you. They're like, this is when you start having yeast infections. What? Yeah. They said it's totally normal and it happens pretty much every single one of them had it at every single one of their pregnancy. And I hate those, but here's the kicker because you're pregnant. Now, mind you, you can't take anything while you're pregnant. As far as pain medication goes, you can take Tylenol and that's about it. That's it. Um, You cannot, you know how, like, I don't know if anyone knows this, but when you get a yeast infection, you have like, there's like an over-the-counter pill that you can like do. Yes. Okay. Can't take that. You have to do the seven day treatment. So you have to like live with it for at least seven days because that's what's healthiest for the human. And I was like, this is where I'm now a hard no. Like, this is the moment. No. Oh, <laughs> awful. No. I didn't so. even realize you couldn't take any like medications. Like you had to basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Third trimester. We're almost there guys. Hang in. <laughs> so 27 to 40 weeks is this time frame. Um, not everyone makes it a full 40 weeks. We know that for movies and et cetera. But mm-hmm. this is like, if you made it to this trimester, you made a healthy human within reason. Mm-hmm. This is when they all said, this is the hardest part. Your feet start swelling. That's from all the pressure that's being put on your veins. And so it's cutting off your circulation to your feet, which doesn't sound fun at all. Mm-mm. This is when Braxton Hicks starts happening. So Braxton Hicks are like fake contractions. Your body is yeah. like, yeah, contracting. They don't hate, uh, hate. they don't hurt <laughs> from what they explained to me. They're like, it's not painful. It's just your stomach tightens really tight and it just feels really hard. And it's more mm-hmm. uncomfortable than it is painful. This is also when you have to start sleeping on your side. If you can, a lot of them were like, I, it's like almost impossible to sleep at this point. You have a lot of tailbone pain. Cause there's hold on. So we're not waiting to lose all of our sleep until we have a baby. We're already <laughs> losing sleep and the child is not here yet. Correct. Like, uh-uh. there's, yeah. I, you know me and my, I love my sleep. People have started <laughs> recently making fun of me for it. And I don't care because I wake up feeling great. 9 yeah. PM. I'm in bed. I'm not sleeping, but I'm in bed. I'm thinking like, I would be hating Devin at this point because that <laughs> man sleeps standing up. 
Here's so, where the hatred for your partner already begins because be they're like, so oh, mad. I'm waking up so refreshed and let's go out for a walk today. And you're like, go to hell. With my swollen feet? Is that what you <laughs> yeah, want to do? You want to go walking? On my... Yeah, I would. Because he also sometimes if he's in a deep sleep, he'll start snoring. And that would just mm-hmm. drive me nuts if mm-hmm. I'm like awake, you know. Anyway, yeah, no. personal <laughs> problems. Okay, so this sleeps hard, tailbone pain. This is when you're really growing out of your clothes. It's so fast. It's every Mumu's, couple of weeks. The entire third trimester, just yeah. mumus and slippers. Yeah. They're like, you can't, it's just impossible almost. Um, this is when you can't bend down. So if you drop something, oh, yeah. like it's over. Okay, this is where it's going to start taking a turn for grossness. I just put lady parts get gross because I don't want to get into the details of what goes on down there, but they were very detailed and I will spare you all those details. They're like, it's just a disaster down there. I'm like, great. Love that. So basically like take a yeast infection and make it worse. Yeah. They're like the whole time. That's basically like, because it makes sense. You're creating things to protect and et cetera, but yeah, it's just very uncomfortable and gross and yeah. Just give me a diaper. Uh, you're also, so throughout the entire pregnancy over the whole period of time, um, your breasts are growing the whole time. Uh, you're peeing all the time. They're like, it's not even like yeah. all of them admitted to peeing their pants at some point because they're yeah, like, wait, who hasn't? Yeah. <laughs> so <or> peeing, <laughs> they're like, that's the least of your concerns. I'm like, that's yeah. the biggest <laughs> of my concerns. Uh, you also have doctor's appointments that you need to attend ladies. So you go to the doctors once a month for the beginning. Then you start going to twice a month, then every other week. And then that mm. last month when you're feeling fantastic and you're getting great sleep, um, you're going every week. So there's that added like to your day to do list. I don't know about yeah. you, but when I'm not feeling well, the last thing I want to do is go anywhere, you know? Okay. No. Now the time has come. You're having the child. Here we go. Active labor. Um, so to give it a little preference again, I have one sister who had three natural births, no epidurals. She's oh, done wow. all natural. My mom, who also I spoke with, did all natural for all six of us all of uh, you mm-hmm. I have another sister who had to do an emergency c-section on her first so ended up doing three c-sections in total mm-hmm. and then I have another sister who did a like a mix of epidurals and natural okay. and then etc so we've got the it all first one was the natural then she said screw it give yep. me the drugs yep yep <laughs> exactly love I love that honesty okay so <laughs> Overall, the uh, consensus was that the first child takes forever. These labor times were the smallest amount of labor time, at least in my family, was 15 hours. The longest was 72. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Oh, we got to talk about contractions. That's the fun part. So the contractions start (laughs) in your third trimester. In the movies, you're like, oh, I'm having a contraction. Go to the hospital. They were like, no, dude, I've had contractions for weeks at this point, and there's nothing you can do about it because you're waiting for them to obviously get closer and closer before you can go to the hospital. Um, (laughs) This was the best description they could give me of a contraction and how it feels. (laughs) Are we ready? They said, your stomach gets really hard because what's happening is, you know, your uterine walls are like pushing the child out. They're trying to get something out, right? Mm -hmm. So the walls of your stomach get really hard. And they said, it feels like you're trying to put a watermelon up your butt. Oh, no. Yeah. 
they're like that's what and I'm like that sounds awful <laughs> like yeah it's not great oh my gosh yeah so that's that and <laughs> I was like well what if you're asleep like that's great and they're like no it wakes you up like you can be oh. dead asleep and that pain mm. discomfort is more of it not pain okay we're not at the pain yet <laughs> no we're not there yet first child labor takes the most you have to be dilated to a 10 centimeters if you don't know what dilation means I'm not going to tell you you can look it up and google it when you're in your private time but you have to be dilated yeah maybe don't google it just look at <laughs> how much 10 centimeters is yeah it's a lot that's all okay you need to know. <laughs> um what the doctors are looking for is the baby needs to be a hundred percent of face which is the technical term for facing down so the head is down the body is up and if that's not the position the baby's in, that's when they take you in for a C-section. Your that water. Was me. Oh, really? You were not yeah. a face. No, I was not. I said no, thank you. <laughs> You're like I don't want to come. No, thank nope. you. <laughs> um, okay, so the water, your water doesn't necessarily break like the movies. Uh, a lot of them had to have their water broken. Like it has okay. to break for the baby to come out, but that's not like your telltale sign to go to the doctor. Okay. They're looking for contractions that are close, meaning a minute apart. Mm -hmm. um, the hospital will not even admit you until you have contractions that are five minutes apart or less your water breaks or you're five centimeters dilated. So if you're not at one of those things, they won't even, they'll tell you to go home because you're oh, not even can close. You, like, I just get angry sometimes. Like when I have to go to, if I have to go to like urgent care or something mm -hmm. and for you, it's like an urgent matter. Right. And you want to get in and, and this is really important to you. And they're like, mm, okay, you're gonna have to wait for 45 minutes. And you're like, but I'm dying right now. Right. And to be somebody who is actively in labor and then be like, mm, we'll see you back in a couple hours, maybe now. Yeah. And again, like as a non, a person who hasn't been through it, my concern, and I was, they were laughing at me, but I was like, dude, what if you take off work? What if your, your partner takes off work to run over yeah. where the hospital's not close by? And they're laughing at me because they're like, dude, that's like the last thing I'm worried about. But as a person who is concerned with those details, yeah. the anxiety of that would be too much, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then <clears throat> once you are in the hospital, so you hit one of those three things, they're like, okay, we're ready to take you in. They connect you mom to an IV and they're monitoring you and the baby's heart rate. That's the most mm -hmm. important thing, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Epidurals. <laughs> so um, go ahead. You look like you were going to say something. Those of you that have problems with needles. Yes. We won't want to listen. Huge needle in the back. That's we're going to. Yeah. Okay. So an epidural can only happen before something called transition. Transition mm -hmm. is the time where you are at seven centimeters dilation. Okay. So if someone waits too long to get to the hospital, which happened to my mother, um, she showed up at eight centimeters and they were, she had her in her birth plan. Like I'm going to mm -hmm. get an epidural. And they're like, just kidding. You're not because you can't. So there's a small window that you have to get to the hospitals. What we're getting at from five mm -hmm. to seven. If you want an epidural, this is already stressing me out because <laughs> like you're more of a planner than I am. And I'm still a pretty decent planner. Sure. So I'm already stressed to be like, mm, yeah, no, it's a lot of moving pieces. If this happens three weeks before I'd planned on it, I'm done. Right. Exactly. <laughs> It is a lot. It is a lot. And that's why we're, we're naming it and talking about it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> your epidural, if you do have one, it's an injection into your spinal cord and it numbs the lower half of your body. The awful potential side effects of that is that it could result in paralyzation. 
you could mm-hmm. end up with a seizure if it's injected incorrectly. And the most common is that because you're numb and you're going in for this pushing of a child out, most often than not, you end up tearing down there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. If <laughs> Dallas is loving this. Uh-huh. Okay. For C-section. You feel it. You have no idea what's going on down there. I know. Exactly. You have no idea. Um, for C-sections, you're awake mm. for the experience. And the C-section, I- they're cutting your lower abdomen, basically. They do have laser cuts now that are not as painful but you're literally getting sliced open but this is a big part why i didn't realize it until right now but this is a big part why i'm like no thank you exactly and you know what it makes me happy to hear that because i want people who are listening to remember that we're not just talking about the financial burden the mental burden like this is a physical thing that you have to go through and if you don't feel okay with it that is completely respectable and fine Mm -hmm. you don't need to okay Transition is when your body starts shaking is how they explained it. Like kind of when you have a a cold or a fever and you're just like chills and you can't stop it. It's normal and it's supposed to happen. Um, It's mostly your legs. And this is when all the hormones start injecting into your body. So I also talked to my (laughs) (laughs) brother-in-laws and they were like, and my dad, and they're like, they're crazy. Like in the most respectful way, they're emotional. They're crying. They're screaming. They're upset. Like. And it's obviously like all jokes aside, as you were saying, there's a lot going on Mm -hmm. and all of them kind of blacked out in this. They're like, I don't remember my brother-in-laws and dad were telling them like, oh yeah, you threw this or you said that. And they're like, (laughs) I don't remember that. So you just kind of black out, I guess. Um, This, uh, this timeframe could be hours. It could be like, my mom literally delivered one of my sisters in 30 minutes, like from the door to the bed was 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. But my other sister, it took 72 hours. So it just, Mm. you have no idea, right? Yeah. Okay. So the ones who did have water break, they're like, unlike the movies, as soon as your water breaks, you're in excruciating pain from your belly button down. There is an immense amount of pressure that comes over your body. And they're like, you just feel like you have to poop, but you don't. (laughs) Like, that's what it is. And I'm like, great. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We all know that feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Now we're going to go into the actual child birthing. It's not very graphic, guys. I'm keeping it very, very simple. But basically, um, you're instructed to push only when you're contracting. And that's because otherwise, if you don't, you'll tear. Again, contractions are your body's natural response to pushing something out. And so they said that's the hardest part because you have a doctor telling you, okay, push, now wait. And they said it's basically like going to the bathroom. Like imagine holding something in. It's that same like heart rate and pressure Mm. of... I just want to release this pain, this pressure, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. They said the only painful part at this point is the pushing. They're like the actual okay. physical pushing is what hurts. If you mm-hmm. don't have the epidural, obviously there's something called the ring of fire, which is when the baby is actually crowning or for our purposes, like coming out. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it literally sounds, it is what it sounds like. It's fire down there mm-hmm. and it burns. I asked the question because I'm a journalist and I'm curious. (laughs) Scientifically, if we just look at a body, the shoulders are wider than the head. Yeah. So how is my question? Mm -hmm. Um, They go in there and they pull the baby out, the shoulders. Mm -hmm. So 
that happens. They said, once the baby else uh, comes out, like you're still shaking this whole time. So your body is still doing its crazy thing. It's just mind blowing to me that like bodies can do this. So you have the baby. It is a releasing feeling. Um, The shaking then does stop. There's an umbilical cord that is connected from the baby to the placenta. The Mm -hmm. placenta is this giant red sack, apparently. That was like the nutrients for the child. Mm -hmm. Um, You're really sore down there, as you can imagine. So for those who don't have an epidural, like that cord is there. So it's touching that sensitive area. The doctors, as soon as this is the baby's out, okay, the doctors start pushing down on your uterus and this is to avoid clotting. So your stomach's extremely sore and someone is pushing on it, which causes you to naturally release like you're bleeding. And, um, they obviously didn't know, but they're from all of the different people I talked to, they were like, you bleed at least like a liter of blood. Just, yeah. I mean, this is, this is where women die. Yeah. Yeah. They bleed out. Yep. I mean, oh my gosh, we have, the United States has one of the, the highest mortality rates for women in childbirth, which blows my mind. It's absolutely insane that the yeah. country that we live in is like, the baby's great. Mom, what happened? Oh God. Well, <laughs> and a lot of the time, and, and not to obviously make light of it, but again, no. when I was talking to each one of them, this isn't like a round table. I talked to them each individually. Yeah. It was very difficult. I'm not exaggerating for them to focus in on how they felt. Yeah. They could tell me everything about their child exactly Mm -hmm. when they started screaming, how long each person was like, what was going on with the baby inside. Mm -hmm. But I think it's what you were saying. They mentally, so I don't think like I asked them, I go, did you eat? And they're like, I can't remember. Like, did you like that? I don't remember. I don't remember. That's all I kept getting. And I'm like, how do you not remember what you as a person were doing that day? Yeah. And it's that mental, like you focus on your child already Mm -hmm. and so they who knows they could be feeling something internally and not even realize it yeah okay we're almost to the end I promise you're still having contractions even though the baby is out because the placenta has to come out and your Mm -hmm. body doesn't know the difference so the doctor pulls the placenta out that's the thing you see the dad's cutting whatever the doctor starts checking everything down there they do the stitches if necessary from if you're Mm -hmm. tearing then they give you a sponge bath um, and then they leave you alone forever no. Okay. So babies have to eat every two to four hours. So if you're someone who's assigned to breastfeed, guess what? It's not like you've just had a 72 hour labor and you get a 72 hour nap. No, you're immediately going into waking up every two to four hours to feed this baby. There's a 24 hour screening for the baby. There's a 24 hour screening of your uterus to make sure it goes back to its regular size. So the fastest you can make it out of the hospital is 24 hours. None of them walked out. <laughs> yeah. No. Filtered out. <laughs> I want to straddle Um, some ice. Right. Then afterwards you're going home. So again, focusing on the body, you're still dilated for at least a month after that, which means (gasps) you can't take any baths. You still, you have to do just showers. You also are bleeding still. And it ranged from a month and a half to two months where you have to be in literal diapers because you can't put anything up there to stop the bleeding um, for that amount of time afterwards. Uh-oh. your breasts are sore. You can't use toilet paper for two weeks. Uh, it was described to what? me as you get a handheld bidet. I was like, that <laughs> sounds lovely. Uh, <laughs> it's also extremely painful down there, obviously for at least a week. And then about one month later, if all is well, and you had a very healthy pregnancy body, et cetera, mm-hmm. about one month until you're what we consider 
normal outside of the fact that you can't sleep. So yeah, that's the journey through childbirth Mm -hmm. via the Vienuevas. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, um, let's all go and watch a comedy and (laughs) remind ourselves yet again, but no, this is, we, we want to do the ones that are like reasons to be child-free and not to convince anybody, but just to like, I don't know, remind ourselves every once in a while. Well, and the other thing too, and you don't have to like, obviously everybody's on their own journey, but for Mm -hmm. me, like if I was listening to this podcast, this would be one where I would be like sending two sisters to be like, this is exactly why I'm hesitant because Mm -hmm. these are things that can happen again everybody's different I'm sure there's someone out there who's like no it was great and lovely and daisies and rainbows and butterflies okay you you have experienced 17 births in your family yeah I have experienced five mm-hmm. which I don't even say I've experienced them because I was barely I was so my sisters and are so much older than I am so I was pretty mm-hmm. young when these were these kids were born but there are people who've never had this they don't have a sibling or they have you know a sibling they're not close to or whatever it is or their siblings never had given birth so there's these things that you just don't really you see a movie and you're like oh that's fine that's cute yeah but it's like we are telling you from real life experience we've seen it (laughs) exactly well thank you guys for listening as always don't forget to rate review subscribe make sure that you are sharing the podcast with all your child free friends and we're all going to go have a palate cleanser now and listen back to (laughs) reasons to be child free money because that was another great fun reminder (laughs) i'm gonna go take a nap that sideways i'm gonna sleep on my stomach there you go. Then Enjoy wake up it. and drink like six things of coffee because I can. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you all for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.